Dear friends, we are coming towards the end of another term. Often when I ask others, how are you doing? One of the first words that come is busy. All right, we're busy. We're thinking about all the assignments we have to do, the papers we have to write, the exams we have to prepare for, uh, staff, it's the coming to a close of a term as well, and there's all the things that still need to be done. How are we? We are busy. Busy. Busy with what? What is this all about? That's a question for us, isn't it? What are we do? Why are we doing what we are doing? How are we doing what we are doing? Is it, have we forgotten Jesus Christ? One of you was very honest recently. He said, you said, um, I fear in a time like this, I can be so focused on getting my work done that my own spiritual life suffers. And really, it's a very strange thing, isn't it? Because what we're busy with is the Word of God. And that Word of God is exactly what points us to God and reveals God. And it's that very word which also reveals the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I have a simple call for myself and for you this morning, as you have it in verse 8 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. And so it's simply this, this morning, remember Jesus is risen. Remember Jesus is risen. And since it's the end of the semester and you don't want anything too difficult, it's simply, why, who, and how? Remember Jesus is risen. Why? Remember who to remember, and how to remember. If we begin with why there is this call to remember in this epistle that Paul writes to Timothy. He writes it as a spiritual father to Timothy, a young man in the ministry. He gives a lot of instruction. In the midst of it all, there's this. Remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Think, first of all, of just the circumstances of Paul and, and Timothy. You, can th you see in the letter that there is, first of all, hostility from the world. Paul is writing in, from prison. He is suffering as an evildoer, he says. So there is this, this opposition, which is great. And he also reminds Timothy that all who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. It's a reality. And in that, that means that they're in a battle and the enemies are strong. And the danger is always, we look at the enemies, we look at their strength, we look at ourselves, we feel our weakness, and we forget Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. 
And that's why he says, in the midst of that battle, we need to remember Jesus is raised from the dead. And if that was the only problem, it'd be one thing. But we also have read in this chapter that there are problems within the church. There is division, there is error. Paul had already warned the elders of Ephesus in Acts 20 that these wolves would come in among them, not sparing the flock and and draw them away. And we also see these warnings here to Timothy as he's ministering there. He speaks in verse 16 of profane and vain babblings leading to ungodliness within the church. He speaks of Hymenaeus and Philetus who deny or say the resurrection is already past. It's just a spiritual resurrection. There's no future physical resurrection. And that could also lead to such ungodly conclusions. It doesn't matter what you do with your body and, and such things. And so there's these errors coming in. And then also there, in the midst of so much confusion that there can be within the church, where one says this and the other says that, and a blog says another thing, and a radio pastor another, and we can go on and on. There could be so much confusion. And in the midst of the confusion, we can be so focused on what this says and what that person says and what the other person has written. We in the seminary can think that we are maybe the the bastion of truth and we just have to hold on to that truth and we, or we can become discouraged. And the danger is we forget Jesus Christ is risen and he lives. That's essential in the midst of all the struggles and all the confusion within the church. Amid all these things of the pressures of persecution and the confusion that was coming into the church, Paul tells Timothy here in this this epistle, now in 4 verse 4, now I am ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And it's a beautiful confession of Paul, isn't it? But that can also make it so hard for those who are left behind here. When you see men of God being taken away to glory, and they're no longer serving here below. Sometimes we study and we We think, oh, what would it be for Paul to be here, or Calvin to be here, or Luther to be here, or whoever to be here that we study, but they're gone. It can be hard even when there's ones who have been a blessing in our own lives, and they're they're taken away. But then so easily we forget, but Jesus is risen, and Jesus lives. Their God who gave them that grace is the one who lives today. Paul also, Timothy also had other things to struggle with, including his own character, his own weaknesses. He is a spiritual son of, Tim, of Paul. He's a, he's a man of God. And yet having the grace of God doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have all strength and you're able to do everything and you don't struggle with your own weaknesses. Why is it that Paul stresses so often to be strong 
God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Is it because he struggled with a spirit of fear? When he says, be not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Or when he called to endure hardness as a good soldier. Is it not also because Timothy felt his own weakness? And could be prone to discouragement. Even health-wise, Paul says, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. To be weak even physically can, can wear you down, can affect you even and spiritually as well in your ability to handle things. And some of us have found that in this past term. You've, you've struggled with different weaknesses that you felt, whether that be physically or whether it be academically or in your family or whatever it be, there are these things which we have in our lives. And in the midst of it all, there is this call to be strong, to be strong, to study, to show yourself approved of God, to flee youthful lust, to follow after righteousness and charity and peace. We're to do exactly those things that we find hard to do. And we're called to do so. And yet it can be so hard. And that's where discouragement can come in. I, I know what I ought to be, and he's so worthy of it, that I'm strong, and that I endure, and that I go forward, and that I fight, and that I flee, and that I follow, and that I study, and that I... But you can feel so weak. Is it because you've forgotten? Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, and he lives. And that he hasn't just given us a manual and told us, these are the things that I tell you to do. Now do them, and that's all. If we only see the word of God as a manual of advice of what we are to do and what we are to be, then we're living in self-reliance, and it won't end well. We need more. We need a living, risen Savior. And we need to remember that he has been raised from the dead. And so the text says, remember that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Doesn't God lead us to feel these pressures from without, lead us to also sense our own insufficiency, lead us to even see our own unworthiness of anything and our own sin in the midst of this all in order to squeeze out all that self-confidence and direct us unto this risen, living Christ today. This is the one that we are to remember, which is the second aspect here, not just why, but who to remember. Remember Jesus Christ. Literally, here in the text, it's remember Jesus Christ having been raised from the dead. Not just to remember a fact, but a person, Jesus Christ, who has been raised from the dead. Jesus Christ. 
Already those names are so much, isn't there? He's Jesus. He's a Savior. The Savior of sinners. He's the Christ. He's appointed by the Father. He's anointed with the Spirit to be a prophet and a priest and a king. And in this way, to be that glorious mediator. Remember Jesus Christ. That's the call that he gives to you and to me in the midst of everything that we go through. Remember him. Often when we think of remembering him, we can think of him in his death. You think of the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of me, in my brokenness, in my offering up myself as a sacrifice for sin. And we can never remember Jesus in his death too much. But if that was all we could remember about him, what would we be left with? One who came, one who lived, one who was crucified, one who cried out, why hast thou forsaken me? And who entered into the grave. If that was all there was to remember, we would of all men be most miserable. Because if we only have a dead Jesus Christ, then Paul makes it so clear, doesn't he, in 1 Corinthians 15, there is no hope whatsoever. And so we need the one who was raised, and that implies he was first dead, but he was raised from the dead and lives. And when we remember that, and notice how it's formulated in the passive that Jesus Christ, he was raised from the dead by another, by God. And that's the testimony, isn't he? Isn't it that he is such a savior who's, who satisfied God by his work. The very God who bruised him is the God who lifted him up. And the very God who made him a curse is the one who raised him up above that curse. The one who so loved the world that he gave his son is the one who received him to glory, this God. And he did so because he was so pleased with the work of his son. His son had fulfilled all righteousness. His son had offered him up himself as a sacrifice for sin. And God is so pleased that he couldn't leave him in death. He had to raise him from the dead. He had to exalt him highly. Remember Jesus Christ, raised by the Father, who is pleased with the work of his Son. And your conscience accuses you. And when you think, who am I to be at this seminary with all my sin? How can I go forward and how can I minister to others as a sinner myself? Remember, Jesus Christ has been raised by the Father because the Father is pleased with his sacrifice and his blood so that we may find rest for our souls and be pleased with that same Christ and his sacrifice. But not only does it testify that he is pleased with his son and the work of his son, but notice it says specifically 
remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead. He highlights, he's from the seed of David. He's the son of David. He's the great promised Messiah of David who would come from his line. And that's a testimony, isn't it, of his royal glory. He's the one who came to fulfill all those Old Testament prophecies concerning the great son of David. And he was raised from the dead in order to do so. Because David's son was to reign forever. For him to do so, he must rise from the dead and live forever. And so that means that the one we are to remember lives today as king. So easily we look around. And we see all the things that are happening. But all those things that are happening are under his feet. And he's reigning. He's ruling today over all the grand events of life, of, of this world. He's also ruling in the midst of everything that you are going through. As you look back over your life, all that has taken place has been under the throne of this glorious Christ. And you're here today because he and his sovereignty has brought you here. And you look to the future and you wonder what will all happen in the future. And some of you are near graduating and it means a lot of changes potentially in the, in the months to come or the year to come. But you may know this, remember, he's upon the throne and he's governing and he's, he will lead you further and he will protect you and he will care for you because he is on the throne. What a great reality for us to remember whatever we're going through. And some of us are going through, are being tested in different ways. But remember Jesus Christ upon the throne as the one who shed his blood and now lives as that gracious, powerful, wise king of all his people. Not only is he king, but he's also the living savior who still works today. And it's striking, isn't it, that Paul says here, remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead according to my gospel. And of course, that doesn't mean that everyone has their own unique gospel different from everyone else. But there's that sense of, of ownership, isn't there? Go back however many years, and you would say, Paul, the gospel is that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead. And he'd say, it's blasphemy. And he persecuted and wanted nothing to do with it. And now he calls it my gospel, my good news. The, the real good news that I can drink in and receive hope and comfort from. What is that? It's the evidence that Christ lives. There's no other explanation for why that gospel became Paul's gospel. It's because Christ lives in order to save still today. And that can be such a thing to remember. Sometimes you can think, what is the use of telling that person the gospel? They won't listen anyway. Have you forgotten? Christ lives to use that gospel 
you can struggle with sin. Have you forgotten? Christ lives as the Savior in order to save. He lives. And what a glorious reality that is. And if he lives as this Savior, as this King, that's such a reality to remember in the midst of all these calls that there are, of what we are to be. Let it direct above to him. He is faithful. He's the king. How then are we to remember him? Our last question, how to remember? Let us just begin with this thinking of Jesus Christ. And maybe that sounds strange to even raise that in a seminary because we're always busy with the word of God and we're always, in a sense, thinking of Jesus Christ. But are we? Of him as a living person. To think of him. Remembering involves that thinking, doesn't it? And really, we receive so many reminders. Even every week again begins with a day of the Lord, the day of his resurrection, that, that reminder that he is risen indeed and how thankful we can be for that. You think of how in the early church they'd greet one another with, he is risen indeed. What a testimony. That's why it's, it's so important, isn't it, that as we come to our Bibles, that we don't just come as professionals, that we don't just come as ones who are studying subjects in order to produce something, that we come like those Greeks who said, we would see Jesus, the true and living Jesus, who truly did what he said he did and will do what he says he will do. We would see him. That's why it's also so good to, to have that scripture memorized and to have the Psalms and songs memorized, which direct our minds to, to him again. That just in the midst of our days, in the midst of the disappointments, in the midst of the encouragements, and so many things that press for our attention, they would just not just weigh us down, but they would press us upwards to remember Jesus Christ. We so need it. Luther's wife, Katie, also realized how important that was. You, th you th just think of what Luther all went through and the, the challenges he faced and even the, the physical suffering that he had later in life. And there's at least an account of time when he was discouraged and his wife's announced God is dead. He said, oh no. He said, well, you're living as if he is. And then there's a report that he wrote on his desk, V-I-V-I-T. Huiwit. He lives. And I'm not saying you have to go up in your study, Carol, and carve that into your desk. Maybe you need a little sign to remind you. He lives. 
day by day. Do these truths fill our minds? Are our minds just earthly? Or are they spiritually minded? And that, that's really what it's about, isn't it? It's not just about reminding yourself from time to time of the fact that Jesus lives. The remembering of this text is not just a cognitive thing you do. Remembering in the Bible goes together with, with knowing, doesn't it? It's remembering a Christ that you know. Know in the way that Paul did when he said he counted everything but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And that's what made him pray that I may know him and the power of his resurrection working within me. Remembering is about knowing this Jesus Christ. And so knowing that we do indeed trust in him. Think of the psalm, how it says, some trust in chariots, but we will remember the name of our God. Remembering is about so knowing that you you trust in this risen Christ. Trust in his finished work with which God is pleased. Trust in his royal redemption and protection as that exalted king. Trust in a way that you seek his royal bounty, which he freely gives from his throne. Trust in a way that you you go to him with all your lack of understanding and wisdom for him to, to teach you and to bless you. Trust that submits to him because you trust he knows what is best, better than I do. Remember Jesus Christ is risen and trust in him. Trust that expresses itself in prayer. Prayer is not just saying some words. Prayer is speaking to the living God at whose right hand is Jesus Christ, the risen Redeemer and the way of access unto God. And that's why this remembering, this life of remembering Jesus as risen involves a living out of the power of his resurrection. Isn't that what Paul said? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That these great realities of Jesus Christ would fill our minds and govern our thinking and our desires and our will and our actions and our whole life. That it would fill our heart, stirring up that faith, that hope, that love to him. That it would flow in our life and lead to that newness of life through that union with this risen living Christ to receive life from him, to live out of him, and so to live unto him, unto God. Remember Jesus Christ as that he would be the Son on high who sheds light upon our lives. We'd walk in that light, that he lives, that he's risen. And listen to no other voice. 
That's really the test, isn't it? I, I began by saying this is a simple call, and it is. And yet it's so profound as well, isn't it? Because it's at the heart of spiritual life. Spiritual life is about Christ. Remembering, knowing, loving, trusting him. And to remember him is to know he's greater than all my weakness. He's greater than all my sin. He's greater than all that hardship that can come against me. That's why I can go forward, because he's greater. That's why I can go forward in these last weeks of a semester. That's why I can go forward into the future if I'm near graduation, or just think about the future. Maybe it means going back to my country where there is much opposition, but he lives, and so I may go forward. Maybe it means being closer by with all the temptations there, but he lives, and so I may go forward, remembering Jesus Christ. And the very beautiful thing is that because he lives, He's full of grace to remember us and enable us to remember him. And so even that grace to live remembering him flows from this Christ. And so we can confess even our, our forgetfulness and our, our, all that to him. And know he lives so full of grace to give that grace to live looking unto him. And so the call, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Let's pray. O Lord God, we pray to thee giving thanks for thy word, thy word which reveals things we would otherwise never be able to see. And it reveals chiefly thy glory in the Lord Jesus Christ, thy grace in him. And we cannot see him in the, with our physical eyes exactly because he's been raised from the dead and he's at thy right hand. And we thank thee, Lord, that he is there. And that is so firm, so sure. And that he is ruling on the throne and that he lives as the Savior. And that through him thou dost graciously fulfill thy word. Lord, we pray to forgive our forgetfulness of him. Our looking just around us, our looking just within us. Lord, deliver us from that by thy grace and spirit. We pray, Lord, to forgive when we live as if other things are greater than this risen Lord. Forgive, Lord, our pride. Forgive our self-dependence. Forgive also our sin which goes against such a glorious Lord. Cleanse us all in his blood with which thou art pleased, and renew us all by thy Spirit so that we would indeed go forward in his strength, looking unto Jesus, and that we would in this way, fight that good fight.
and that we would be willing to suffer with Christ, that we may one day reign with him in glory. Lord, we give thee thanks that thou hast highly exalted thy Son, and that in him is that fullness of grace. We pray to bless each one of us so personally in the midst of whatever we go through. We pray to bless us further in this time, also when there is a time of prayer together. Hear us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.